Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. First of all, Barry, thank you for joining us today. Um, and we really would like to know how you got started in dentistry. How I got started all those years ago. Um, I was only allowed to be a dentist, a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a vet, or it could have been an airline pilot. And so actually, I had no idea that other things really existed as a young boy. So my aim was I wanted to be a doctor, but I actually, I was one of these weird kids that when they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I actually said a dad. So I've you know, my main aim from a very young age is to actually have a family of which clearly I'm blessed because I've kind of got two. I've got two older girls, Millie and Lottie, and I've got two young boys, Chester and Archer. And so I was applying for medicine uh, and I was involved in a fairly bad car crash where I was T-boned. I was sideswiped the day before my A-level exams. Uh, and I went in, came out of hospital went and set my A-levels and I didn't get the results I needed for medicine, which in hindsight was an absolute blessing. Um, so I decided to go back and reset my second year of A-levels. And during that time, began to notice that the majority of people that we knew who were in medicine were traveling wherever the jobs were. A lot of them were getting divorced. It was putting a lot of pressure on. And actually we had a few friends who were dentists who had a really great life work balance. And so I went and spent some time with a couple of great dentists and realized that actually it would satisfy my artistic flair. And that's why I then chose dentistry. And I always wanted to do art, but again, in my family, art was seen as a hobby, not as a career path. And so I was, I was pre prevented from studying art and doing um, any A-levels in art. And it turns out now that I now do art every single day. I hand carve smiles, I create confidence in patients by helping them to improve the, the look of their teeth. And I find that I'm really lucky to have kind of come full circle in, in dentistry. It's very artistic for me. So that's how I entered dentistry, uh, almost by accident. <laughs> oh no, well it sounds like um, a great start to your career and everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? So Absolutely. Amazing. So how did you get to the role you're in today? OK, so my currently my role is that I am back being an associate. So I started off 20. Well, how long have I been qualified now? 25 years. Blimey. 25 years ago, uh, I spent five years as an associate in lots of different practices. I knew I wanted to own my own practice. Um, and eventually I decided what it was that I wanted and I bought my first practice like 22 years ago. Uh, I ran that for nearly 20 years. I bought another practice and relocated it to mine. I also started up a squat practice in London which I then uh, I did that with a friend. I gifted my half to him because I was working too many days a week and so for 21 years I've run my own practices and then because of a catastrophic, I mean, I told you about a car crash. This was way worse. This was a marriage crash. I found out 
about 15 years ago that my wife was having a two-year affair with a friend of mine um and i literally i i allowed that to crush me uh, and out of that i decided to go and do my best to sort myself out and i went and did a, a personal development course and within that course i learned some phenomenal things about how we process information how we um, create our own model of the world and how we generate our feelings and what I discovered was that the guy that was running the training course was teaching and using something called neuro-linguistic programming now NLP as it is short ha has got a phenomenal positive following it has the odd uh, bad uh, reputation for uh, I would say people lacking integrity using it for the betterment of themselves and not others but I learned NLP and it transformed my life and I was able to help influence other people in a positive way. I then met my amazing wife, Chloe, um, three years later, and she became a master practitioner of NLP. I became a master hypnotherapist uh, and a coach. And we developed our patient journey all based on communication and understanding how other people process information so that we could actually help our patients more. And by serving our patients more, the accidental positive result of that was that we earned more. Within three years, we quadrupled our turnover from a quarter of a million to a million pound turnover. And that was me working three and a half days a week and a hygienist, that was it. In our little practice in Hazelmere in Surrey, uh, normal fees, normal patients, normal treatments, no implants, no ortho. And what we recognized was that we had developed fantastic business systems and terrific communication. So that was a million turnover without any marketing. We didn't spend anything on marketing for 12 years because it was all internally marketed. And we were asking for our five-star Google reviews. We're up to 100 now, five, we've only got five-star Google reviews still. And so we then decided that, you know, this is something that we could share with other people in dentistry. So I sold my practice into a corporate and became the associate and the clinical lead so that I could reduce my days to three days and then focus on building the Confident Dentist Academy and sharing with other people what had made us a wonderful life and, and a very enjoyable way of doing dentistry. And so that's what we're doing now. I'm clinical three days a week. I do 29 hours clinically. And then the rest of my week, I focus on coaching and teaching and sharing with other dental professionals. Amazing. And I know firsthand just how fantastic your training is. So um... <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, we're doing the tour. We haven't even yeah. mentioned that. The problem with communication, though, Chloe, is people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so if you're unsure about whether to learn new communication skills, my advice is just get on with it, <laughs> because what you'll find out is that it's hugely beneficial. And actually, the knock on effect is learning these skills helps you in your personal life not just professional so um what is it you love most about dentistry oh i am a bit of a geek i think because i genuinely really i really love doing dentistry um i love uh the the art the artistic and the creativity of it um i love serving people i find that the game of communication, I, I, it's a game to me. And the game is 
there is not one winner. It's about a win-win. I love helping nervous people turn around and become advocates of good quality dentistry. I love the look on people's faces when I say, so there, you've just had three injections and they're like, what? And the fact that I take people's teeth out and they don't even know I've taken the tooth out and it's all kind of sleight of hand and it's sleight of mouth. So I love every aspect of it. Um, I don't love, uh, you know, all of this stuff that's going on like vicarious liability and I don't like the, the, the ambulance chasing lawyers that are literally destroying people's confidence. I like to help within dentistry. I like to help other dental professionals with their confidence. We have skills and tools and tactics to help people become more resilient to these kind of bottom feeders. And they are bottom feeders. Um, and so it's not just the clinical dentistry I enjoy. I actually just enjoy being part of the profession. I think it's been an absolutely fantastic 25 years and I'm, I'm delighted to be there for another 20. So what do I love about dentistry? All of the good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and what lessons have you learned along the way? Oh my word! <laughs> well, I mean, have you got have you got six days, let alone sixty minutes? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm learning all the time, Chloe. I learn, I learn every time I do some. So I'm doing a lot more business coaching now, and um, helping practices uh, implement Chloe and my systems and then for them to tweak and adapt them uh, to their own way and I learn something of everybody I have an interaction with um, and so my learning is never ending um, but what I have learned is that in many respects human beings are very very similar in terms of how we generate so if you think about your thoughts right we all think in a blend of pictures movies and then we build into that, we build feelings and so on and so forth. So we all think in a similar way, but we have a preference for how we think in terms of our senses. So we build this internal representation of what we think is going on in the world or, or, or things that are around us. And that's a picture, a sound, a movie, whatever, and our feelings. And it's our self-talk. The most powerful voice that we ever hear is actually our own voice. And most of us don't realize it, but that voice is going on all the time. And the majority of us really don't talk nicely to ourselves. And so, you know, one of the lessons is for me is ensuring I'm using a kind voice to myself. Because if I do something, you know, that, that I do wrong, I'm quick to call myself an idiot or are you, you know, and I, I swear at myself. And then I catch myself and, and, and recognize that that's not serving me that I do my affirmations in the morning and I've the impact that it has uh, is immeasur immeasurable. I can, I, the, the benchmark that I use is that I have my seven-year-old do his affirmations and he is a different child. So I know that being kind to yourself, using the right words is hugely impactful. But I also know that using the wrong words and being mean to yourself is massively impactful. So my, my biggest lesson is, you know, be kind to yourself and be, you know, love yourself and be positive and help yourself by using positive language in your own head. Because it's it's the thoughts in our head that ultimately generate our feelings, right? 
And so if you've got this equation of thoughts, feelings, it's that combination that, and, and the questions you then ask yourself, that's what drives your behavior. Now, when I'm doing any coaching, people don't want to change their behavior. What they want to do is change their results. So in order to change your results, you go back to the beginning of the equation. If you change the way that you're talking to yourself, if you change the questions that you're asking, you ask good quality questions and you change your physiology, how you're standing, how you're feeling, that changes your behavior and you get different results. And um, so it's understanding that model has been the most important thing in my life. Absolutely. And like you say, it affects um, your life both professionally and personally as well with your family. 100 percent. And actually sharing that with my kids, it's it's been much easier to share it with my boys because I'm not so evangelical about it. When I first learned it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I was teaching it to the girls and they kind of were turned off by it because, you know, they were they were, you know, 12, 13, 14. The boys are just kind of sucking it up via osmosis because I'm not I'm not explaining to Chester that by doing his affirmations, in his power pose in the morning with me is actually changing the way he's feeling he he I, we just do it we make it fun and he is a different child and so i'm really enjoying the journey of kind of almost passing on my knowledge to the boys without them realizing it yeah yeah and, and ultimately that will affect them in their later life and they'll just automatically do these things like you say without thinking about it yeah yeah, that that's that's a what I hope for and b what I expect. I yes. think that's what will happen because they won't know any different. No, exactly, exactly, brilliant. Uh, and can you share some of your top tips from the Confident Dentist Academy? Oh, top tip number one uh, is come and join me on my training. <laughs> uh, okay, so firstly, the language that you use in your head—I've mentioned that, right—is be very positive. Secondly, the language that you use with other people, language can weave magic. We use language to hypnotize people. We use language to get people into a, a hypnotic trance. And the language that we use, whilst Albert Morabian stated it's only 7% of our communication, it's so impactful. So my number, my first tip is your subconscious mind can't process a negative. What I mean by that, if, if I say to you, Chloe, don't think of a dental chair. You have an internal representation, a picture, a sound, a thought, a movie of a dental chair, whether you're in it or not is irrelevant, <laughs> but you think dental chair and then you go, oh, so you can't not process a negative, right? So when we say things like when my daughter daughters were young and they were holding a glass of juice, I'd say something like, hey, Millie, do me a favor. Don't spill that drink. Now, in order to understand what not spilling the drink is, she has to picture herself spilling the drink. And invariably, what I caused her to do was to rehearse spilling the drink in her head. That increased the likelihood of it happening because, you know, where focus goes, it grows. And so what you focus on becomes. So if I say don't spill the drink, she would end up spilling it. We say things like, it's all right, don't worry, or there won't be any pain. Well, the fact that we're stating don't worry oftentimes creates the worry. They think worry. I wasn't worried until you said it. So I want to encourage everybody to really watch and be mindful of negatives. And it's really easy to reframe it. 
because you just state what it is that you want to achieve. So now with my boys, if they've got a glass of juice, I'm like, Chester, sweetheart, carry that really carefully with two hands. And so I'm putting in his mind the picture of him carrying it with two hands. The aim of the game is to keep the liquid in the cup and not have it on the carpet. And yet by stating it in that way, I increase the likelihood of that occurring. So I'll say to patients, I'm going to make sure everything I do for you is comfortable. I'm going to make sure that you are relaxed and happy. If there's anything that isn't completely comfortable, let me know and I'll change it. I'll make sure that you're comfortable. My job is to look after you. So I'm positively reinforcing these positive words. I'm staying well away from anything negative. So top tip number one is if all that you did was to change your negatives to a positive in your whole life, not just with patients, it will have a dramatic improvement in resulting in what it is that you want to achieve rather than what it is you're trying to avoid. And it works in your own head as well. So if I say, I, ah, I don't, I don't want to be manipulated or I don't, I don't want to be poor. My mind is focusing on being poor or being manipulated. You know, if I want to be, I, I want to be wealthy. I want to be independent. I want to be uh, innovative. That's what you're focusing on being. Um, was that a good top tip? It was a brilliant top tip. <laughs> and I can even vouch for that myself with um, after, you know, we've been doing some training with you and I had my mum with her swimming teaching. Um, it's really made me think about what I say while the children are learning to swim. Yeah. You know, it is it, some children are really petrified of water and they don't want to swim. But then in changing the language I use, I can get them to swim five or ten metres without thinking about it. And That's they're not amazing. worrying. They're not, you know, they're not thinking I can't do it. It's no, you can do it. <laughs> So, yes. um, it makes, it I, makes love that. I appreciate you chipping in with that because it's it, it, it is it is so important in all areas of our lives and we're not taught this you know I really would love elements of what I share and what I teach to be part of um, school curriculum so that we can empower our kids to be focused on the positive to to really drive forward and, and know that literally almost anything is achievable 